0: Heavenly Father, we come before you just thanking and praising you for who you are, our good, good Father, the one who loves and adores us, Lord, who is for us. Lord, um, we just want to pray for our pastor and Connie and their family, Lord, as they are on vacation. God, would you refill and refresh them? God, thank you for their labor of love here and how they pour out on us continuously. So we pray that you would refill them, that you would give them traveling mercies, and that, God, you would bring them back to us safe. For tonight, Lord, we commit this time to you. We pray that you would just give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say. We pray that you would uh, minister to our hearts. God, I ask that you would help me decrease, that you might increase. So we invite you here, Lord, to have your way. In Jesus' name, and all God's daughters said, amen. Amen. Okay, well, we are in Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 11 this week, and our title is Pray Effectively. Now, last week we learned um, that Nehemiah had found out the state of Jerusalem, right, and the condition of, uh, of Jerusalem and his people, and um, that restoration was needed. And Connie taught last week about forgiveness, that before restoration, forgiveness needs to happen. So if you weren't here last week, I highly encourage you to go to the website and uh, go to Women's Ministry, and you can watch the video of the message last week. It was really good. Um, This week, we're going to see that Nehemiah, his response to hearing the news is prayer. I'm going to go ahead and read the verses um, 4 through 11 in the New Living Translation, but you can follow in whatever translation you have, okay? It says, When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. O Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making, me, by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. So what an awesome prayer, right? In 11 verse 4, he says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days, I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Nehemiah was other-centered. He cared about um, his people in Jerusalem, and he had compassion. He actually had a burden for his people. The news, it took his breath away because it says he had to sit down. Have you ever heard devastating news that just takes your breath away? Right? So it took his breath away, and he had to sit, and then he wept. And this reminds me of the verse Romans uh, twelve fifteen that says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. He wept for his people. And then I asked myself, do I weep for my nation? You know, because um, so much is going on today. It's like, um, you know, we become immune to tragedy. It's like uh, mass shootings are not so rare anymore, which is sad that they're becoming the norm. Today is actually the second anniversary of the Las Vegas shooting. And, um, you know, you just think about those families and all that they've gone through. And every day when you watch the news, there's killings. There's some kind of killing going on. And it's like, this is the norm and it ought not to be, you know, but do, do I grieve for my nation? Do I pray? Because that's, that's what God has given us. We have the gift of prayer. We can pray. And how about a couple of weeks ago when the little boy Diego at school was bullied by a couple of boys and they punched him and he fell and hit his head on concrete. And I was pulling for Diego for a week. He's in the hospital, and I'm like, oh, Lord, help this kid. And then when I heard the news that he was, he, they, called, they declared him dead, it took my breath away. I was hoping he would make it so bad. And then his parents um, donated his organs to others, and I can't imagine what his parents were going through, all because a kid bullied him in school. So it's like, you know, Lord, give us a heart to pray for our nation, right, when we, when we hear these things. Because if we do, Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We need him to heal our land, don't we? So tonight we're going to talk about um, prayer. And I'll, I'm going to kind of go back to the basics and like, what, what is it? Prayer is talking to God like you talk to your best friend. It's just talking. It's not, uh, you know, you don't have to say, you know, oh, holy, um," you know, you have to speak old English or anything like that. or The old King James, you know, thou art high and all this. It's just talking to him like you talk to your best friend. Prayer is our line of communication with God. We can do this because of um, what Jesus did for us. We're sinners saved by grace, right? So sin separates us from God. So because Jesus came and went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins, we now have access to God. Praise God for that, right? Hebrews 4.16 tells us, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Isn't that wonderful? We can, we can boldly enter um, because of the blood of Jesus, because what he did to receive mercy and find grace when we need it most. Jeremiah twenty nine twelve says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. This is God, the creator of the universe, talking to us. He, it's an open door to enter in to his presence and to talk to him. Now, why would we not enter that door, right? We need to walk through it. Nehemiah, Nehemiah is a man of prayer. And throughout this book, 11 more times, we're going to read about Nehemiah praying. I mean, this first prayer is just amazing, right? And he's going to keep praying. He was a man of prayer in verse four. Um, it says, you know, he was, he prayed for days and in researching, I found out that he actually prayed for four months before going before the King. And then, you know, he went before the King and then he went to rebuild the walls and that happened in 52 days. That's because he had a four-month period of prayer foundation, right? And I think, do I pray and commit things to prayer to God like that, you know? But we should because then God goes before us and prepares the way, right? So he had a great foundation um, for rebuilding the walls. And I read a quote that says, if prayer isn't absolutely necessary to accomplish your vision, your goal isn't big enough, right? If we could do it, then uh, maybe it's not that big. Nehemiah had this, he had a heart for his people, right? A heart to rebuild rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. His vision was greater than him, but his God was greater than that, right? So we can learn a lot about prayer from our brother Nehemiah and how to pray effectively, like our title. Um, I found a model for prayer through verses 5 through 11. In verse 5, first to acknowledge God. In verses 6 through 7, confession 8 through 10 remember God's promises and 11 lay your requests before him so first is to acknowledge him for who he is Nehemiah said in verse 5 then I said O oh Lord God of heaven the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands he gave him praise for who he was he said God of heaven great and awesome right He's the creator of the universe, right? The angels say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty, right? He's good. He's faithful. He's sovereign. All these things that you know God is, when we come to him in prayer, come before him, adoring him and praising him for who he is. And once you acknowledge who you're praying to, then you confess. That's the next part. In verses 6 and 7, Nehemiah said, I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. So again, sin separates us from God, right? So we need to be cleansed when we come into his presence. And I love, 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 this is one of my favorite verses, First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins. So if you need to confess your sin first, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You do that and then you come before the Lord with a pure heart. And also, forgive others. Mark eleven twenty five 25 says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him or her, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. And again, if you need any um, help with forgiveness, listen to Connie's message last week. It was really good. But we're to, but we're to come before him. It's not, um, we can't just come and say, oh, Lord, forgive me when we're not willing to forgive someone else, right? So just to have a pure heart before him. And then next is remembering God's promises, speaking his word. In verses 8 through 10, it says, please remember what you told your servant Moses. Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. So he's quoting back from Deuteronomy and Leviticus uh, when the Lord had uh, spoken to Moses. So Nehemiah knew the word, and he knew how to um, bring God's promises back. So that's for us too, to be in the word, to know God's word, right? So um, a great part of prayer is to plead the promises of God, right? And it's okay to remind God of his promises to us, to remind him, God, you know, you said this, you know, and Nehemiah is saying, remember, remember when you said, you know, this. So like as a parent, aren't you proud when your children um, repeat something good that you've taught them? Right? And you're like, oh, yes, they got it. Right? Um, I was in church a, a few weeks ago, and there was a little two- or three-year-old girl behind me. And during the message, Pastor Jeff um, had said a prayer, and he said, amen. And the little girl said, amen, like real loud. And I'm like, how cute. You know her parents pray with her because she knew that amen how to say it, you know, nice, strong, and loud. So, um, So you could tell she prays at home, right? So... You could be proud of your kids, right, when they repeat those good things, but not so much the other stuff, right? <laughs> so it's important to be careful what you say and do with your children. They're little sponges absorbing what they see and hear. So you're their role model, so be a good one, okay? Um, in Proverbs 22.6, uh, it says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this doesn't mean his life is not going to have any, you know, complications or anything, like he's going to have a perfect life. It doesn't mean that. But when they have that firm foundation that you train them up in the word, then it's going to get them through life as as they experience different circumstances. It's going to get them through. Our part is to pour into them. And then the Holy Spirit can do the rest. So just like that little girl that said amen and made her parents proud, our Abba Daddy is proud when we repeat his words back to him. So when you can say his word back to him, he knows that you're understanding, that you're receiving it. So to to, um, speak God's word back to him is a great thing, and it's a great part of prayer. Now, when we tell him to remember, it's not because God forgot. Like, oh, God, I think you forgot that you told me this. You know, it's not like that. It's not to remind him, it's to strengthen us. When you repeat God's word, it reminds you of truth. Because in our mind, and our thinking, we can get crazy and just think all kinds of wild stuff. But when we go back to the truth of God's word, it settles you, and it, and it steadies you, and you know your, your faith is back, and you know your eyes are back on the Lord. So um, it's great to, um, to repeat his promises back to him. There's a couple that I often use. James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. So when I pray, I'm like, Lord, you said we have not because we ask not. So I'm asking, you know, I'm asking in Jesus' name, right? In John 14, 13 and 14, it says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son, that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, this isn't a name and claim it. Like God, I want that Mercedes in Jesus' name. Okay, it's not nothing like that. It's according to God's will. Now, how do you? How will you know God's will? You need to know God, right? You need to read your Bible. You come to Bible studies like this, right? We get to know Him more and more, and then we'll know what His will is. Um, Someone mentioned earlier that um, uh, if you want to pray God's will, pray God's word. Isn't that cool? It's simple yet profound. So that was a nugget that I liked that I'm sharing with you guys. Um, also, when someone is sick, I love James five fourteen and 15. It says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. So when, when I'm praying for somebody sick, it's like I have faith. It's like, Lord, you say if we pray in faith that they're going to be healed. I believe you can do it. And, you know, so you, you pray in faith, not, not doubting or wavering, right, but to pray in faith because in faith. God's word is true. You know, if we stand on it and we, um, and we, we pray it and we live it out, um, his word is true. And finally, um, the last part of Nehemiah's um, prayer is laying his request before the Lord. In verse 11, he said, Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Now, I think his job had a lot to do with this prayer life. Because if you go to work every day and your life is on the line, don't you think you would pray a lot? Right, because he's the cupbearer and he had to test the king's, you know, whatever the king was drinking. And if somebody's trying to poison the king, then oops, okay, your God will get a new cupbearer. But I thought, oh, that probably made his, um, his prayer life stronger. But I love the part where he said, um, you know, make the king favorable to me and put it into his heart to be kind to me. When you're going to meet with someone, you know, uh, Pastor Steve used to always say, pray that God would put his spirit between you and that person right? Because you don't want the flesh in there, right? We want the Spirit, like Holy Spirit be between us. But if you need to, if there's a conflict you're resolving or whatever, you know, Lord, put it in their heart to be kind to me. Nehemiah prayed it, and we know that God answered it, right? And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I love how we can glean from the word, you know, even in our own prayer life, what, what to add. So after we acknowledge who God is, we confess any sin in our heart, and we speak his promise, then we can lay our requests before him. Right? So that's a great little outline in, um, for prayer. Now, when should we pray? The Bible says in First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. And the New Living Translation says, never stop praying. So does that mean from the moment you open your eyes in the morning to the time you go to sleep that you're praying constantly? If you did that, you wouldn't be able to like go to work and talk to people, right? Stuff like that. So you, you get up in the morning, right? You have your time with the Lord. You pray. And if you're not doing that, I highly encourage you. That's a devotional life. You get up, you pray, you read your Bible, ask God to speak to you. You, you read the word, let him speak to your heart. Pray that he would use that in your life and then go about your day. Now, throughout your day, you could shoot arrow prayers up all day right because God you have access to God so like um, when I pass an accident I'm like Lord please be with those people if they don't know you I pray they come to know you you know if if it's dangerous if their life can be you know on the line yesterday I was driving and I saw a woman at the bus stop and she didn't look homeless or anything but her head she just looked so sad her head was down And I just, in my heart, I just thought, Lord, be the lifter of her head. I don't know what she's going through, but God, would you be there for her? We can pray like this throughout the day, right? If God puts somebody on your heart or something you're going through, you can shoot up arrow prayers all day long. God is faithful to hear and to answer. How about when you're worried or anxious? You probably don't get that way, huh? (laughs) Um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. It's like really, Lord, nothing? Yeah. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Has anyone ever lived out this verse? I know I have. When you're overwhelmed, when you 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 know, you're like freaking out, thinking, "Oh my gosh, you know, you go to prayer. Turn it into a prayer. And um, God is faithful to give you that peace that surpasses understanding. All of a sudden, after you give it to him, you're like, why am I okay right now? I'm still going through what I'm going through. But it's that peace that surpasses understanding. 1 Peter um, 5.7 says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And the sister verse to that is Psalm 55.22. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Now, I'm giving you a lot of verses, but I'm praying that some of these are going to really minister to your heart, jot it down. And even, um, like I know, when I was going through something, I wrote it out, and I stuck it like on my visor in my car. And so I would see it every day when I was driving. Put it in, uh, put it on your makeup mirror, put it in your restroom, put it on your refrigerator, put it whatever. Because you surround yourself with the word of God, and it will strengthen you. So um, I know it's a lot of scripture, but whatever... um, Whatever um, is speaking to your heart, just jot that down. Um, At Sunday service, um, our video announcements, um, Pastor Wayne Taylor is going to be coming and speaking. And so he talked about prayer. And I heard him, and I'm like, oh, I'm stealing that for my message. I'm giving him credit. But um, he said, you can pray about everything and worry about nothing, or you can pray about nothing and worry about everything. Right? I want to be praying about everything. Otherwise, we can be like chickens with our head cut off, right? Our chicken little running around saying, sky's falling, sky's falling. (laughs) Um, So another thing that we can pray about is spiritual warfare, right? We will experience that. In Ephesians six twelve it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. It's a spiritual battle. When that person comes to you, and a lot of times, like, family can really get to us, and, you know, we're like, Very angry. But remember, it's a spiritual battle. If Satan can come in and cause division and friction, that's what he's going to do. So you remember, it's not that person. It's a spiritual battle. And you go into prayer. Right after that in Ephesians, um, uh, it talks about putting on the armor of God. So not just any armor, but it's the armor of God. So, right, you got your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness, your belt of truth, shod your feet in the gospel of peace. You have your shield of faith for those fiery darts and then the sword of the spirit, right? That's what you fight with is the word of God. So this is the armor of God that is given to us. And like every time I read about the armor, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to wear my armor. And I do it for like two, three days and then I forget. And then I'm like, oh, why am I getting all dinged up? And it's like, okay, go back to the armor, right? So God gives us this. so, um, So we need to take advantage of what he offers us. And once the armor, once they talk about the armor in Ephesians 6, 13 through 17, in verse 18, it says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So not only for yourself and your family, but it's saying for all believers everywhere, right? That to, um, to stay alert and be persistent, right? Don't get lazy in your prayer life, right? Prayer is valuable. It's powerful. It's a powerful weapon of warfare, and it's a, it's a wonderful way just for us to have that relationship with God. That's our communication with him, right? And it is a gift. And like any gift, if somebody gives you a gift and you don't open it and use it, it's just sitting there, right? So with prayer, you need to utilize that, right? Start praying. God wants to do great and mighty things. If acronyms help you, there's the ACTS acronym. A, for adoration, right? Praising God, again, adoring him. C, for confession. We're always going to confess our sins. Thanksgiving, thank him. If you think, okay, I'm going through a crisis. I really don't have anything to be thankful for right now. You always have your salvation. You're saved, right? That's something to be very thankful for. And once you start thanking him for one thing, you're going to have more and more to be thankful for. And then you present your supplication, your request before him. So if that helps you, you can just jot down your little um, acronym. And there's one more acronym. Push. Pray until something happens. Right? Don't give up. You pray until something happens. God hears. So his answer is yes, no, or wait. We're not so happy with the no and wait. But. We got to go back to God being sovereign and he's in control of all things. We know he hears us. So if he's having us wait, if we don't have that answer, we need to trust that our father knows best, right? Isaiah 55, eight says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. So he is so much greater and higher than us. So we need to just go back to who he is and trust in him for our answers. Amen? So uh, Nehemiah had a great burden that was too big for him, but he knew it wasn't too big for his God. He called out to the Lord for help, direction, and favor, and he knew God could take care of it. He didn't just commit it to prayer and leave it alone. He offered to go and do something about it. Has God put a burden on your heart? You know, something that comes and you're like, oh, yeah, I prayed about it, but yeah, I, I don't really, you know, I'll just leave that for someone else to take care of. But if he keeps coming back, if he's, if he's given you a burden about it, pray about it and see what he wants you to do. Can you say, here I am, send me? If you do, he just might. And it'll be awesome. It's awesome to be used by the Lord. I love his word and how it instructs, encourages, and breathes life into us, right? The word of God is Wonderful. So in, in, in learning about prayer, there's so many verses about prayer. If you, if you just, you know, if you Google prayer or you go to a Bible app and you put in prayer, you can get lost and it's wonderful to get lost in God's word. So, um, just keep, you know, digging in, but because there's so, so much good about prayer, but you can, you, you can learn about it like tonight and you can have head knowledge, but when you're actually applying it, you're going to have experiential knowledge, right? So we need to have that experiential knowledge with prayer. I have experiential knowledge with prayer that I want to share with you tonight, okay? So this is a picture of my brother Buddy and his lovely wife Sandra. Sandra's here. Um... My brother Buddy, in 2007, some of you know him, and some of you have been praying, thank you very much, but some of you don't. In 2007, he was diagnosed with cancer. He had what was called T-cell lymphoma, and it would kind of manifest itself in sores and ulcers on his skin, like all over. And at the time that he was diagnosed, the Lord gave me a verse, John 11:4. It says, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. So in my heart, I thought, okay, this isn't going to kill him. It's to glorify God. God is going to glorify himself through you, buddy. And buddy was, you know, I shared it with him. And he's always said, you know, the minute I stop glorifying God, he's going to take me home. But God has continued to glorify himself through buddy. God has been very faithful to his word. And at that time, too, he also gave me and a friend the same verse. It was Psalm 123, 6, where it said, Yes, may you see your children's children. Now, Buddy's kids were little at this time. You know, this is 10 years ago. But I thought, okay, Lord, what powerful verses to stand on, right? He's given me this. So no matter what the doctors say, this is what God's saying. And I encourage you to listen to what God says. Man will tell you something, but listen to what God says. So after years of chemo, Buddy went through lots of chemo. And around 2016, they said he needed a bone marrow transplant. So then we started praying um, that the Lord would give us a donor, that the Lord would, you know, help him to be okay. And praise God, there was a donor. So um, Buddy had the bone marrow transplant, and he was um, doing well. And I remember him telling me, Gosh, it's, it's been like 10 months and I haven't had any chemo because he had chemo for so long and there was always like nausea or headaches or all these side effects he always lived with. And you never know it. You guys know Buddy, the ones of you that know him. You'd never know that he was going through that. So after the bone marrow transplant, he was free of that for a season. But early this year, Buddy began getting headaches. Next, um, his sight was impaired, and his equilibrium was off. By April, it was really bad. And he went into the ER, and he was diagnosed with a tumor on his brain stem. It's a hard hit after getting through the other cancer that, you know, it would come back. But we prayed, you know, we thought, Lord, okay, you know, he was um, he was um, going through just trying to find out what it is and everything. And at one time, his brain started swelling, and they said, oh, "There's nothing we could do to stop it. We don't think he's going to make it." So, Buddy he started saying his, goodbye, his goodbyes. I'm sorry, but we prayed, and Pastor Jeff even prayed at an evening service. And I know a lot of you were praying. And you know, our, um, our scripture memory verse for tonight is James 5:16 that says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that is true, because by the next morning, the swelling had stopped in his brain. And Buddy, Buddy was okay. It, it's been a roller coaster ride, ups and downs. Buddy went to a neurosurgeon in LA. And, um, because to determine what the tumor was but the doctor said because of where it was it was too dangerous to do a biopsy but he could be paralyzed or die if he did a biopsy so he said right now you can communicate with your family it affected his speech so it wasn't that clear but he said you can at least you can communicate with your family now so it's safer just to leave you um, like that and, and you know you can spend the rest of your life with your family as long as you know that is But the doctor, before um, we finished that meeting, he said, however, I see a faint uh, shadow on the top of his brain in the MRI. And he said, if that is another tumor growing, I could do a biopsy on that. It would be safe. So he took him back, and never were we so happy to hear about a second tumor. But he had a second tumor, and they were able to do a biopsy on it. (laughs) However, we did find out it's a very aggressive and deadly cancer. The two words they told us were inoperable and incurable. They said they would do radiation and chemo to um, see if, what it could do to make him comfortable before they sent him home and give him quality of life. So Buddy went through that radiation and some chemo, and it was really, really tough. And I was fearful that he wasn't going to make it through. So while visiting him one day at the hospital... I said, Bud, I'm going to go do my devotions, and then I'll come back and share with you. And guess what the Lord gave me? That scripture again. And I said, Lord, that's so nice of you to remind me of what you gave me years ago. But, you know, it doesn't make sense now. And, you know, he, in that time with the Lord, when I was reading that, he reminded me that he's bigger than cancer that he's wiser than doctors and that he's God almighty and nothing is too hard for him. In that time, when he gave me that verse again, he gave me a spiritual attitude adjustment (laughs) and he renewed and restored my faith. And I'm like, okay, God, it's your word. You're saying it. I'm going to, I'm going to believe it. I was so excited. I told buddy, you know, buddy, God gave me our scripture again, you know, so we're going to stand on that. So when you feel weak in your faith too, ladies, ask the Lord to help your unbelief. He will, because when we see these things before us, it's hard. But if we ask the Lord to help our unbelief and he'll speak to you through his word, you know, you can stand on that. So our family prayed together often and individually. I believe each one of our prayer lives were strengthened. When you experience things like this, there's nowhere else to go but the Lord. So, during this time, God continued to give me promises. So, I'm going to give you some of them, hoping that they'll encourage you. Psalm 86, 7 and 8 says, In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. Right? He's amazing. Luke 18:27, But he said that things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Deuteronomy 31, eight, and the Lord he is the one who goes before you he will be with you he will not leave you nor forsake you and do not fear or be dismayed right that's like a command right like it's like okay Lord okay and then um, Psalm 109.26.27 help me O Lord my God oh save me according to your mercy that they may know that this is your hand that you Lord have done it And because every time Buddy gets through one of these big obstacles, God gets the glory. We know God is is bringing him through it. These promises came from daily devotions. So again, ladies, be in the word. God is your help, a very present help in time of need. We just need to um, be in the word. He's going to encourage you and help you first, and then you can share it with others, your family members or whoever's going through these circumstances. On August 15th, Buddy had a scan to see if cancer had spread or if his two tumors had grown. And on August 19th, we got the report. Cancer had not spread through his body, and the tumor that was on top of his brain was gone. (laughs) This is what they said was inoperable and incurable. That one was gone, and the one on his brain stem had shrunk. So it's like, blessed be the name of the Lord. Again, what is impossible with man is possible with God. But he continues to defy what the doctors say or think. He runs into complications, but God brings him through. His oncologist said, you are the strongest patient I've ever had. That's the strength of the Lord. That's a God thing. Now, Buddy still has a way to go, but he's a fighter, and we know who is on his side. Remember the promise that he would see his children's children? I prayed, Lord, you know, you gave us that promise. You know, we're not going to bring it to pass. But on this past Father's Day, Buddy's oldest son, Mark, let him know that he's going to be a grandpa. He has a granddaughter coming in February. And Buddy's excited about that. God's word is true. He's faithful to it ladies although it may seem impossible to us God is faithful to his word but he has been in the hospital since April last week he got to come home he's so happy to be home with his family he has an MRI scheduled for October 10th so i ask that you keep that in prayer They're going to check on the remaining tumor and um, see where to go next. If it's still shrinking, they can continue with chemo, um, you know, or if not, we'll see what's next. But I just ask that you keep that in prayer. But we're thankful that Buddy is still with us, and we give all glory to God for it. He's faithful to answer our prayers and to meet us in our time of need. This is Buddy today. He came home for a barbecue. We're in the backyard, and as you can see, he's still talking to everybody with his hand in the air. And I did ask him if I could share about him tonight, and he said yes. So again, God's just getting glory for what's happening in his life. So not only is Buddy my brother, you know, that's gone through this, he's also Lauren's daddy, our worship leader. We have witnessed God do great and mighty miracles in Buddy's life. And we both want to encourage you that as long as there's breath, ladies, there's hope. Never give up. Never give up praying. About a month ago, Lauren called me and said, Auntie Nini, I heard this song, you know, and it really encouraged her regarding her dad. You know, and so she, it's called Sea of Victory. And um, so she told me, uh, you know, the song, and I Googled it, and I listened to it, and I was like, Oh my gosh, Lauren, that's amazing. You know, we are both so encouraged by it. So at this time, she's going to come back up with the worship team and they're going to sing it for you. So I ask that you just sit back and let the Lord rejoice over you with singing. Because if you need to see a victory, this song is very powerful.
1: Yeah, so I called my aunt about this song because it was just so encouraging to me. It's called See a Victory, like she said. Um, In the song, it just talks about how God is a God that doesn't fail. He's never failed, and he never will. And it just spoke to me, and the first time I heard it, I was like bawling, crying. Because um, we often think, oh, this person is battling cancer. My dad is battling cancer, and that sounds really scary. But what this song is saying is that God fights the battles for us. This is not my dad battling cancer. It's God battling cancer through my dad. And if that's true, which we know it is, then then how is, how is there not going to be a victory, you know? Because God is victorious over everything. And that's just, like, so powerful. And it just, like, encouraged me so much. And even if my dad decides, like, you know, even if God decides, like, this is what's going to take my dad home, that doesn't mean that God isn't victorious through it. Because God has shown himself to be victorious so many times, time and time again, as my Aunt Nini was just saying, through so many things, not through just this season, but the years in the past that he's um, battled cancer. And so God is victorious whether my dad dies from cancer or not. And I think that's just God's testament, and God is glorified no matter what. So this is Sea of Victory.
0: To pray. If there's someone here, if you're going through something, you just need to commit it to the Lord. You